Hello, and welcome to the Big Planet Comics podcast. This is episode 158. Big number. Big number. Uh, I am Kelly. I'm Jared. And I'm Robin. Hey, Robin. Where'd you come from? Wait, more importantly, what'd you do with Nick? <laughs> well, I killed him, obviously. Excellent. Good that replacement. That is the traditional way to get yourself on the Big Planet <laughs> Comics podcast. Or in Big Planet, you have to fight your way up to the top. <laughs> I feel nervous with you both here. Cool. <laughs> No, Nick is not feeling well, yep. so That's we a good brought excuse. Robin in from the Vienna store. Mm-hmm. I've been working there for about a month. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, doing a great job. Fresh take on everything that we do wrong or don't know what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> so yeah, how you been, people? What you been doing? Uh, I actually have a good answer for this one because uh, I went to the Nitro Circus. What? Exactly. Is that? Yeah. Well, like, let's go to this thing. And I'm like, okay. And I walk in, and it was at the Verizon Center where they do like hockey and basketball. So I'm like, this is big. And it was the weirdest crowd of spectators in the aisles, like going in. I'm like, I had no idea what was happening, especially this Nitro Circus. I'm like, what does that mean? So apparently, this is uh, where stunt BMX and motocross riders oh. set up jumps in the middle of the arena, which is way too small for this sort of thing. And then go do crazy things and stunts. And there's occasionally flames shot up in the air and backflips. Oh. And then they recruit uh, complete strangers from the audience to be parts of their stunts, which was my favorite part. How did you wander into this event? Oh, someone's like, let's go do this. And I'm <laughs> like, that sounds swell. I totally trust you. And yeah, she's like, it'll be a surprise. It was a surprise. <laughs> it was awesome. But yeah, they got three people to hold on to the front and back of someone else's motorbike while they tried to do a backflip. They failed very I was badly. about to say, they oh tried. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But they had like a million pads, and they had all, all the cool helmets and padded gear and stuff, which they got to keep afterwards. And they, of course, because they played it up as like this wacky event, they would show all the clips from the previous times they tried at other cities. And it has never been done successfully because like everyone would, like flip or like lean the wrong way or just panic or whatever. It was very dramatic, but it looked very painful. <laughs> yeah. Did, did everybody live? Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't see how this is at all legal in America, but it was amazing. A lot of them were Australian, so I think that oh, something yeah. to do with it. Yeah, it they're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And I'm like, oh, God. Brand of crazy. Yeah, but it was awesome. Well, that's cool, Robin. Did you go to a circus? No, I did not do anything that exciting. Yeah. Um, oh, well, ah, ah. Like, the most exciting thing, which I think is pretty exciting, is I got to play with like the most adorable kitten. <gasps> Her name yes. is Thora, and she's yes. just like gray and fluffy and wonderful. That is... That that Arguably more story. exciting whoa, whoa, whoa. than Nitro Give Circus. Me some background. Where do you just find this cat walking around? <laughs> do you steal it? Well, I do steal cats normally, but this one I did not. Um, it's uh, my boyfriend's sister's cat. Um, is, she has that, it, and she got a chameleon also. Is it now your cat, or did you give it back? I did not. <laughs> take Never mind. No, it. no, don't, don't confess. Don't confess. <laughs> I definitely thought about it a lot. I like the idea of this kitten and this chameleon being best friends, though. Like that is like a I team up. Made in cartoon. I want to watch that cartoon. Exactly. <laughs> well, they didn't. They didn't really seem to notice each other. They it's were also one's got camouflage. <laughs> they were also babysitting a cat, and oh, that wow. cat though would just like stand in front of the cage and just terrify the peeling. It would just like oh. sit there and just like hiss oh. at it. Oh boy! But yeah. bad, but bad the kitten, well, it's fine for now it's good. until it notices it. Yeah, so. it's a good way to grow up though. What have you been doing, Kelly? Uh, I read a whole bunch of books, like right in a row. Um, I read the the last book in the ancillary series, oh, Anarchies. Yeah. yeah. Was it a good ending? 
it's yeah. A, tri- a trilogy, right? It was a trilogy, yeah. yeah. Nothing nothing compares to the first book because yeah. it was just incredible. But um, I loved the way she expanded on that universe. It was just oh, cool. fantastic. Um, so that was really good. I read Carry On, which is Rainbow Rowell's new one. Never heard which of either was, of those things. Uh, she's writing a comic. I oh. think it's coming out from for a second, maybe. Uh, but no, she read she wrote this book called Fangirl that's about this girl going to college and being like apart from her twin sister for the first time and her whole support system is like the fan community for a series of books that are basically Harry Potter and throughout this book there are excerpts from you know from this fictional series of books and so after she wrote you know Fangirl and it came out she apparently just like couldn't let go of the story so she wrote the final book in this non-existent series of books (laughs) so it's sort of got this very it's got a Harry Potter feel to it but it's Um, like if you'd read a book about Harry Potter and then book seven came out or something or a little bit like that like it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're missing the previous five books or whatever um she gives you all the information you need and i don't think you even need to have read fangirl to appreciate it it was just a really good like modern fantasy so yeah no it was the first i stayed up all night reading it so i went to sleep at like 5 30 in the morning (laughs) um which i am too old to do (laughs) so that was a fun lesson that's a it's a good thing to find a book like that though that's a rare thing yeah and i read the uh the chuck windig star wars book oh yeah yeah um which was it was also really good took me a long time to read but i finished it like literally as the trailer premiered so it was perfect very nice (laughs) so yeah i'm done with books for the rest of the year fair enough back to the comics yeah we've got a lot of news let's get to that This just in, Alex DeCampion, Carla Speed McNeil will be signing for us. At our stores. At our stores, yeah. So this is coming up on December 12th, which is a Saturday. Um, they wrote the comic, or are continuing to write and draw the comic No Mercy, which is an image comic. Um, so they will be at the Bethesda store from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. That's in Maryland. And yep. the U Street store in D.C. from 3 to 5. Yep. So we're giving you lots of lead uh, come in. Uh, but yeah, so Alex has also written the Grindhouse comics and Smoke and Ashes. And Carla, who is a localish person from Maryland, uh, has also been doing her own series, Finder, for a really long time. And she did the art on Bad Houses. Bad Houses, yeah. And a couple of other things. Uh, she's really great, too. So both awesome. I've never met Alex. I'm very excited to meet her, too. So looking forward to this. So hopefully we'll see you all there. We will uh, we'll, you know, remind you yep. between now and then. But yeah, that is that is definitely happening. Also, uh, The Dark Knight Returns is getting a prequel. What? By, yeah. What? Oh, man. <laughs> We're see, not done with The Dark Knight. The worst, worst part about this, this part of the news is the stuff I've been trying to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be Miller, Azzarello, and Romita Jr. Um, so the same team as DK3 or not? No, I don't think I don't think he's worked with Romita Jr. since Daredevil. No, but I mean, isn't DK three who's running that? Oh God, I don't know. I can't remember either. Um, We're bringing you all the facts, everybody. Yeah, sorry. Worry. Research. <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not used to being the one who collects all the news, so yeah. I did not. I did not do this though. well. Because he's sorry, Nick. Well, Frank Miller's co-writing with Azarello for Dark Knight Returns yes. three or whatever it's called, DK three. Hmm. I guess we'll see how DK three is, and then we'll know how this is going to be. Yep. So uh, also we've got um, over to Marvel. They're gonna be there's gonna be a crossover with our favorite Spider Woman, appropriately called Spider Woman, Spider Gwen, Spider Woman, and Silk. So hmm. I'm excited about this because I love those three ladies and I love those three books. 
And yeah, I want to see this happen. I'm happy that it's happening. Have they announced who's going to do it yet? Or is I this don't just, think so. Is it going to be like a one shot or a miniseries? It I think it may like, be a crossover like across oh, the between books. The books. That's a good idea. So, yeah, I don't know. Because it's, it's weird that there's this huge, like, built-out Spider-verse group of characters. Like, yeah. Because it was all from basically the Spider-verse era that all these new series started. Right, but the whole Spider-verse really thing yeah. was that they came from different universes. Right. So, I mean, Spider-Gwen is the one true. who's in a different place now. But they know of each other, which is yeah. different than it was. Hmm. That'll be pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, and in TV news, FX is developing a TV series based on Why the Last Man. Um, this is in the super, super early stages. Nothing beyond the production company, which is the company that made Hunger Games. So that's kind oh, of really? yeah, <laughs> a good uh, thing. Um, this is promising. But yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's going to be Brian K. Vaughn writing along with somebody else, um, well, he's been running the Under the Dome TV show, so at least and he oh, wrote for he? Lost. Yeah, he's showrunner oh. on that. Oh, uh, so he's been getting a lot of TV experience. Yeah, so that's not as crazy as it sounds to have a no. I comic don't think it sounds crazy, it. but it's awesome that he's going to be directly no, involved in mean. this. Yeah, because normally you do that and you're like, oh, I hope that's good, but man. Because uh, I think it was that it had been locked up as a TV, uh, movie option for a really long time, oh, and it yeah. never got made, and it finally the option ran out. Because everyone's always like, it should be a TV show. So this is pretty exciting. Yeah, so we'll see that. And I feel like FX is probably a good fit yeah. for that in terms that of what style. they can get away with. Robin, have you expect. read Why the Last Man? I have not read all of it. But you I read, read the some. first three volumes. Okay. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, I mean, it's been oh, a while. You don't know how it ends. Oh, man. Yeah, don't, don't, don't tell say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's I'll, I'll say it's a good ending. How's that? Okay. Not. Oh, I won't say anything. No, (laughs) you can't say that. And then I'm moving on. All right, y'all. Let's all move on. Let's get. We've got a real good question. Okay, so our question today is uh, comes from Sapphire on Tumblr. S A I Saf Sapphire might be Saf who sent questions for Sapphire. Uh, uh. Oh. Sorry if I have mispronounced your name across a different yeah. <laughs> a different platform. Maybe not. But maybe not. Anyways, this is a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, what is your ideal superhero date slash couple? It can be for yourself and a superhero or a superhero and a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a great little bit that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. I bet Kelly will have the best answer. Sadly, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob and I were doing some some soul searching here i don't know if we have really good answers y'all don't I, have I ships don't. you gotta have your ships no like <laughs> i so you've uh. got kelly's got the background for this that so she's <laughs> put thought into it man what's a good one damn still stuck well uh, who who would who do you want to go on a date with let's start with that if you could go out with a superhero oh man that's a tough one too um i'll say i'll stop my head back girl oh yeah mm-hmm. i think she'd be kind of cool especially in the new incarnation she seems very practical show me around town Probably beat up a lot of people in front of me. Pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think she'd be pretty awesome. Okay, Batgirl. I think my answer. Uh, I guess I'd just pick Iron Man, just because I feel like he, Ooh. for his like ego, he would just have to have a really <laughs> just fun like blow date. Blow the doors me. off the date because really this is point. like one date. You know, yeah. I'm not cool with that. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. Tony Stark is too fancy for me. No, I don't be- think like in the in Invisible Iron Man, he like rents out a restaurant. Like right. I couldn't take yeah. that kind of pressure. No, but, it'd be, but if, it was, if it was day. for one day, yeah. yeah. Like no. I think I could do that. Get fancy for one day, and then you know, be like, that's, oh well, and then I'm just true. gonna go back to my pajamas. That's you fine. would get you would get dressed up for that date. That would be kind of awesome. No, that yeah. sounds terrible. <laughs> Man, that'd be really cool. Uh, I think I would want to go out with the Martian Manhunter. Oh yeah. Yeah, we could go to Mars and eat Oreos, and that sounds like a good time to uh, me. That's pretty good. Would you want him to appear like in his disguise as no, John Johnson? No, I want him to look Martian? like he looks. Okay. I want to. I, I expect so honesty offended. from my dates. <laughs> I, I don't know. People always like make make themselves up for dates sometimes a little too much. No, so he might have like gone too far. No. All right, those are good ones. Who? Man, I kind of wish I went out with Iron Man too. <laughs> I might change my answer. All right. So now the second part of the question: Who would you want to see on a date with another with two superhero? superheroes? Oh boy! Again, this one was tough. Um, it doesn't have to be some you know people who are together in comics too. Who do you oh, think I know that's the tough pairing? part. I'm like trying to think who would be really cool together. Oh, oh man, I got one. Uh, what if I don't know if this would work, but Punisher, <laughs> he'd have to be getting over a lot of stuff. But I think him getting back on the dating field would help him move forward a little bit. Went on a date with like Tank Girl or someone who just like and was they would just crazy destroy enough, everything. Yeah, could put up with his insanity, but would be right there with him, blowing stuff up. I think that'd be pretty great to watch. Hopefully from afar. Oh, yeah. This would be in a, in a, in a fictional comic because otherwise uh-huh. everyone would die. Yeah. But that'd be great. You got anything, Robin? Nothing is coming to mind. Pick a character. Who's your favorite character? Give me a character. We can work with this. No, don't do that. <laughs> uh, name a random character who's not a favorite of yours. So I want to see... Um, and this is this is... A ship that exists oh, okay. pretty heavily, um, and wait, we're wait. actually going to see a story. Can can you explain soon. this better? The ship term for the ignorance. <laughs> so ship is short for relationship. Uh, not for friendship. Uh, no, that's a different. <laughs> I'm just checking. There are see? platonic ships. That's well, a whole thing. Ships, ships. Okay, so it's any so, relationship. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, no. Uh, America Chavez and Kate Bishop. That is called mm-hmm. America Kate. <laughs> By the way, yeah, I have seen that one before. Yeah, I, I want to see that happen in the comics so bad. If you've got the cute, like, shortened name for it, you know, it's a, it's a good, oh yeah, good ship. So that's but all I, you need. Yeah, I also really love uh, Wonder Woman and Batman, and that's based really? heavily on the Justice League cartoon. Oh, okay, but yeah, yeah, mm, that's pretty good. I would love to see that too. I want to see those. Again, I would love to see those dates. I mean, plus just America Chavez, I feel like also would be fun to go on a date on, just like busting holes through reality. <laughs> Ooh, I got to go back to one that we actually saw when Loki was speed dating. I think Loki dating almost anybody would be amazing. Oh, for Loki or for the, the person well, not, being not for the dated? Person. No, it would be a terrible date. <laughs> I meant amazing for me to like read about okay. the tabloids later. Be like, oh my gosh, this poor person. You are approaching this like a sociopath. <laughs> This Hundreds not, of bystanders would die, but it would be great to watch. This is not in the real world of superheroes who are trying to save you. This is some entertaining comic books. I'm going for the fair enough the entertainment value here. All right. Do we feel like we have answered this, this We've question? Answered it. I think so. I think is everyone on. happy? So if you would like to submit questions to us, you can do it through our Tumblr Askbox, like Sapphire did, or you can tweet at us at Big Planet Comics. You can send it to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com. How else? Facebook. Approach yep. us in the street. Don't don't do that. Approach no. us in the store. <laughs> yeah. S- say hi in the street and keep moving. Yes. Uh, but yeah, um, anyway, that you can get to us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, can be super serious. Can be not super serious. We just like hearing from everybody. Always welcome. 
yeah, questions or feedback, any, all of the above. All right, uh, let's move on to some reviews. We love comics, they're swell, except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. It uh, still cracks me up. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was like, I hope Robin thinks this is as hilarious as I do. <laughs> I do. So uh, first up, we have Chewbacca, number one. Um, this is one of uh, the, the continuing series of Star Wars miniseries they're putting out. I think this is going to be five parts. Um, it is written by uh, Gary Duggan, and the art is by Phil Noto. So, of course, it is gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, it features Chewbacca and nobody else recognizable. This takes place on a completely new planet, and the main character is this um, young girl whose father is arrested and basically put to work in mines because they can't pay their debts. And to basically a loan shark, however. Yeah. So, yes, it's very sketchy. It's but. very, very sketchy. Um, and they're sort of operating within the, you know, between the Empire and the Rebellion in a lot of ways that um, we have sort of seen in other books, Just which I, I like. I like seeing the way, you know, the average Joe was affected by this situation, the intergalactic situation. So, yeah, she gets away and wants to rescue her dad and runs into this giant Wookiee. Um, and... Chewbacca does not speak except to Roar, and she doesn't understand him, and nobody understands him, and it's great. That's how Chewbacca always speaks. I know, but it's like <laughs> I think the nobody is there is, as a they translator. They don't translate yeah. what Chewie is saying like Han normally does. Yeah, so all you are given is, you know, the various Roars that he's, you know, and facial expressions, which is, I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, you kind of, I was always kind of curious about that in the movies that everyone seemed to understand Chewie, or at least got his point across i mean han translated for a lot of them or responded to him but uh what'd you think Robin? oh i loved this one i always think there should be more chewy <laughs> so, this is all chewy. yeah this yeah. is perfect um this one didn't grab me as much as some of the other star wars ones i don't know if it was because it was so outside of what we're used to i mean it, it ties in more at the end of it there is a crazy twist or not a crazy twist but definitely a twist <laughs> uh at the end um i don't know it just Maybe I wanted to know what Chewie was saying. Like in so many comics, they translate stuff, and we've never actually heard Chewie talking or whatever. But I don't know. Yeah, but the art was amazing. Uh, an interesting story. Uh, the second one will be out pretty soon, and I will definitely read that one. But I don't know why this one didn't grab me as much. Maybe that was it. But Maybe you're racist. Nope. <laughs> I want to know more about <laughs> Chewie. You're the one who's happy to not know what he's saying. Look, <laughs> I'm not going to deny a man his language. That's true. So yeah, that is Chewbacca number one by Gary Duggan and Phil Noto. Next up, Clean Room number one by Gail Simone and John Davis Hunt. This one I really liked. I mean, I'm a Gail Simone fan, so I expected to like it. But <laughs> yep. and it's also it's perfect because it is creepy. So it you know coming out in October, that's all I want. Um, but it's basically from what you can get so far is. Um, People having near-death experiences, and when that happens, they are able to see these monsters. Um, and so you have that going on, and there's also this weird cult-type thing going on uh, with this lady who used to be a writer. And that is where the clean room is. Yeah, this was setting up a lot of different threads. It starts tying a few of them together. 
or maybe just the first one might just have been like the intro concept yeah. of all the crazy stuff going on. Um, but yeah, man, the art on this was great too. No, yeah, well, the, really cool. the person on the first one comes back, Uh-oh. so that's that's where it ends. <laughs> Once again, hey! Yeah. Hi. <laughs> did you not make it to the last page? <laughs> I did. Doesn't mean I missed something really good. Yeah. Uh, pretend I didn't say anything. So this it all ties together, everybody. Yeah. So Spoiler. this is uh, it's a Vertigo book, and it feels like an old timey sort of Vertigo book in a really satisfying yeah. way. There's a lot of creep. Um, uh, the art in this is really, really good. I don't know that I have seen Davis Hunt's stuff before yeah, i don't think i have either um but yeah no it looks it looks really fantastic and it feels very creepy so there's some really good shifts between like different scenes with different characters where like the coloring and the art gets darker and then they'll have like a meeting in a boardroom or whatever and it's suddenly much brighter and the color palette changed a lot too um but yeah there's definitely some creepy stuff in here too so it's like really good characters and like scenery and stuff and then crazy creepy horror like old school vertigo monster stuff too yeah and uh yeah he can draw those really well too he does so yeah that was uh clean room number one by gail simone and john davis hunt we liked it uh next up we have guardians of the galaxy number one which you know it feels like there was just <laughs> another guardians of the there galaxy was. but actually a lot. no the previous one like, ran into the 20s i yeah. guess so that's you know a long time ago in marvel <laughs> time now <laughs> yeah but yeah so the crazy thing about this one is that it is the exact same team that was writing the previous series it's brian michael bendis and um valerio shitty did i mispronounce that <laughs> shitty no idea skitty um Anyways, it feels very different despite being the same group. So uh, the major... There's been some big changes. Yeah, the major difference is that um, we don't have Peter Quill anymore because he was sort of elected president of Spartax in absentia, basically, and decides to actually rule. And so as a replacement Star-Lord or basically showing doing better a better job than he ever did <laughs> is uh, Kitty Pride. Um, who is his fiance? There's some other weird stuff on this team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's so that's the main thing is that it's Kitty Pride. But yeah, Ben Grimm is there too. Um, Has Venom been around for a while? Yes, Venom's been around for a while. Man, I miss everything good. <laughs> that's not a strange thing. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, this book opens with Ben Grimm like floating in space and being like, I was trained to do this my whole life. And then, you know, I didn't ever get to do it because I was turned into this big orange guy and went off with the fantastic four so it seems it's it feels really nice to see him sort of yeah he's always played space. up as the big bruiser character and you forget that he was a space pilot yeah which yeah. is he flew the fantastic four spaceship exactly yeah that was a really clever touch i thought yeah so i don't i don't know whose idea it was to bring him in but they it was a good one um so yeah this just it's a lot of fun it feels fresh and new um in a way that i did not expect from something from the same team yeah so yeah, this I have a lot of hope for this series. Yeah, I'm very my, interested. My favorite was when it cuts back to old Star Lord Peter is just stuck in a like board meeting of the <laughs> ruling council, and it's just a spread of little panels over two pages, and it's so funny and so awkward. And yeah, that was my favorite part. They they do some really. Good, huh? I feel like a lot of the layout in this is really good. There's another page where it's just like Rocket and Kitty trying to talk, and it's just a 12 panel grid. So yeah. it's just them going back and forth. I think they did some really good. Oh yeah, like, and the, the art page layout stuff. before it is those five 
horizontal yeah. panels with everybody. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like yeah, this looks really, it looks great. Yeah, you kind of forget, like, there's a lot of really good artists, but there's, it's harder to tell good comic storytelling, even though you're a good artist. And uh, this definitely does it, because with all those are all different techniques, and they all really work for the scene they're drawing. And yeah, this thing was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that was Guardians of the Galaxy number one by Brian Michael Bendis and Valerio Shidi. Next up, Karnak number one. So this one is written by our boy Warren Ellis and drawn by Jorge Zafino, who I don't know. Anybody know what else he's drawn? Mm -mm. Again, well-researched, everybody. <laughs> um, so again, I'm almost positive this will be Warren Ellis doing six issues of this, and then it's a miniseries or he quits and someone else takes over as writer. Uh, but that worked really well for him on all the other recent Marvel books he's been doing. Uh, this one is very similar in technique and slightly in tone to his Moon Knight run he did six issues of, where this is basically a standalone story, but it starts building up a bigger one. Um, so it's not quite as episodic as Moon Knight, but it introduces Karnak, who is one of the Inhumans, who is, uh, they describe him as Magister of the Tower of Wisdom. So he's basically kind of like, well, he, like, describes himself as that. He's, like, appointed himself. He's, he's got some tood. He's pretty great. Uh, yeah, he's got all these poor acolytes who he's just, like, atrocious to. But So what what, what can he do? Character. What is his inhuman I don't even ability? know. I think it's just either he can... I have no idea. Oh, well, it is that he... Say? Yeah, he can... Oh. F he sees Why the are you testing me? I'm going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> Look, buddy. <laughs> uh, no, he can see the flaws in things. That's his... He can pinpoint flaws in anything. So he's a really terrible boss, everybody. Yeah, but Hard like at, at one point... Well, exploit them. Yeah. 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 No, like at one point somebody attempts to shoot him and he's like, no, the flaw in this is that you shot a bullet at me. True. <laughs> so it's sort of loose. Uh, but yeah, Warren Ellis does, I think, a really good job of showing like literally the inhumanity of the inhumans that they think of things differently and they have different priorities than humankind does. And even though basically he's recruited uh, to go on a mission for S.H.I.E.L.D. sort of thing, like come into the human world and help us out with something we aren't very good with. Um, but yeah, it's like kind of got a thriller aspect that Ellis is really good at and like lots of twists and turns and yeah. It's not related much to the rest of the Inhuman True. stuff happening. It's pretty much just a single... Or even the Marvel Universe. It's just yeah, a no. little thing. I mean, again, that's the that's the Moon Knight feel yeah. to it. So if you are, you know, you don't you don't feel like you know what's going on with the Inhumans or you don't like the Inhumans, like, you might still like this book. It's it's very much its own thing. Yeah, and Zafino does some really cool stuff with the art, too. He's a really good choice for this. Like, showing, like, a pretty large amount of people talking and then some really crazy weird stuff happening and both he pulls off both really well especially the mix between the two like when you know someone pulls a gun at a meeting <laughs> the other thing in this that i noticed is that uh gemma simmons who is a character on agents of shield is in this as a character yep. um which yeah that's i think the first time that's happened outside of colson outside of like the shield oh, really? comic um interesting yeah so that was kind of cool working together everybody she's a, she's a cool character but yeah this book was cool get it so that was karnak number one by warren ellis and jorge zafino uh next up we have twilight children number one okay so this one is by gilbert hernandez who is part of the hernandez brothers yep um and it is 
co-written by Darwin Cook, and the artist on this is Dave Stewart. No. Is that how it is? No, oh, no. Dar- so I totally messed that up. <laughs> so Gilbert Hernandez is co-writer, and Darwin Cook is co-writing on it and doing the art. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, no, Dave Stewart is the colorist. There you go. And this is great. I, love <laughs> it. I mean, I was really excited for it. Yeah. So... Uh, but basically, you're in a small fishing village where these orbs keep showing up. Just no one sees them appear, and they don't see them go away. They just show up. Um, so that is the you know weird stuff that's going on. <laughs> oh but yeah. well, my favorite thing about it is just the characters. They're very complex, and which is not surprising. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really good. So, th- yeah, this is another new Vertigo number right. one yeah. um, and continuing in their their trend of basically rolling out sort of great throwback type stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's the most interesting thing about this is not these giant orbs. It is, you know, the, the way people are living around these giant orbs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Rob said, that's Hernandez's strength. Yes. And so with Cook's art together, it's like, I didn't think about how, like, Similar Darwin Cook is to the Hernandez brothers' style in some ways. Yeah, which I thought particularly the way they really draw well. women. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This feels like a really perfect team up, and this is mm-hmm. just like some crazy Twilight Zone episode. Like at the end of this issue, I had no idea what was going to happen next, but I want to find out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he's such a good artist. This is another <laughs> very. We actually have had this on our our spooky things display on True. our front table for the last um, since it's came out because it is just. Yeah. It's good. Creepy it's good. stuff is happening. Good spook. Oh, man. What a good ending, too. But yeah, get that one. And yeah, this is a miniseries, I think. I'm pretty sure it's going to be four. Four? Yeah, that I think was it's six. Four or six. It's pretty short, though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a huge commitment of a thing. And that's Twilight Children, number one, by Gilbert Hernandez and Darwin Cook. Next up, Radioactive Spider-Gwen, number one. So again, this is a reboot with the same team with a new number one. Uh, carrying on the story, and it is as great as the old one. So <laughs> if you heard our original review of Spider-Gwen number one, uh, you will know exactly how much we're going to rave about this. Uh, so Jason Latour is the writer still, and the artist by Robbie Rodriguez. Um, this is basically picking up with the... Oof, should we see? I guess we kind of have to say what she said to her dad and everything, right? I mean, yeah. Okay, so spoilers. You should guys go out and read the old series. But basically, uh, Spider-Gwen has revealed to her father, who is uh, the cop in charge of finding out who Spider-Gwen is, uh, who she is. And so they've had kind of a you know personal breakdown of trying to figure out how their relationship is going to work. Plus, of course, uh, you know, Gwen's trying to make life normal like all spider people do. And, of course, that's going to go horribly wrong with being a superhero. Um, but, again, this brings in some flashback old villains from her storyline, as well as some amazing ones like... Bodega Bandit, my new favorite supervillain, <laughs> who is the worst, lamest supervillain ever, who robs bodegas and gets caught immediately. You know what? He has a level that he works on, and he yep. knows that. <laughs> he's cool with that. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so basically, the main thing is that she starts discovering some older stuff, like I said, um, that she thought she dealt with. And the thing I thought was most interesting about this was the flashbacks, which really do a good job of like building back her backstory, and then, of course building into the crazy stuff that she is discovering is going on. Yeah, because this was just great. 
you know, it started out as just like a one shot type yeah. thing, and a lot happens in that one shot. But yeah. because it was just a single issue, they weren't really able there's to so much you had expand to from it. Yeah. So they're sort of taking the opportunity to do that unpacking, and I think it's working really well in this. But uh, worth it just for the last page. Yeah. You know, if you love Spider Gwen, you'll love this even more. <laughs> Ends on a good note. Um, yeah, and I want to point out that uh, Rico Renzi's colors in this are true continually fantastic it's like one of the most recognizable things about this yeah book the choices of color um just the way the way that highlights become backgrounds become yeah highlights it's just it's great so good so yeah that's radioactive spider gwen number one by jason latour robbie rodriguez and rico renzi on the color now uncanny avengers number one another Second number one in a single year. <laughs> Let's see. This one is again by Jerry Duggan. How did you pronounce it? Jerry? I think it's Jerry. Jerry Duggan. Gary. Jerry. Gary. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this one with art by Ryan Stegman. Um, so again, uh, the thing for all these Secret Wars follow-up books is they're all taking place eight months after the end of Secret Wars, which has not actually finished. So like continuity time-wise. Eight months later, but Secret Wars hasn't finished, so we don't know what really the consequences of that is or who some of these characters are, if they're mirror universe or whatever. But uh, almost all these number ones have been very good jump-on points because uh, it's basically a new rewriting of a team or a new direction or some crazy new scenario they're in. So, yeah, this Avengers team is slightly different because you've got Spider-Man, Deadpool, uh, Captain America, Rogue, and a couple others all together. And you're like, this is a really weird mix. Uh, but it works really well. Um, I think the... Well, it kind of works well. Yeah. It I was about unravels say, a little bit. Yeah, because like <laughs> the characters are really good characters who butt heads almost instantly. So, yeah, Spider-Man quits almost like page three into this, uh, which is great. And I think getting to see like that this is not the most natural or well thought out of teams is kind of a good thing. And... Um, the one thing I thought about this though is kind of weird is this is very Deadpool focused not maybe focused but there's a lot of Deadpool humor jokes and stuff in there this. is like the explanation for why he's on the team is pretty fantastic yes. like oh, as yeah. a standalone joke very it's funny really good um, but yeah I don't I'm not a big fan of Deadpool so it, oh, really? I yeah was kind of put off by that I do like that is it brother voodoo is that yep. yeah i love that he's on this team yeah, um really i love cool. that we have him back in comics so that was an exciting thing for me um but yeah no so i wasn't a fan of the heavy deadpool humor but i don't have a problem with him on teams usually as long as they sort of yeah because he works balance so it. good as like the goofy sidekick to the very seriousness of yeah. it but when he's dominant i think it's he's good in his own book where he just like rides you know, goes off the third rail to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And when it's really focused on him, it kind of jars with the tone of these more action-focused books. But they they got a lot of characters to work with in this too. Yeah, well, the whole point of this team is that it's supposed to be the Unity team. Yeah. And so one of the main things is that you have both mutants and Inhumans on a team. And, um, And that's the first time that I am aware of that the Marvel Universe is being like, okay, so now we have a introduce these two groups right. and they're naturally going to butt heads and so we're seeing that happen a little that's bit true. um which you know i feel like that's the natural direction that we're going to see it take but this is like the first time i've seen it so yeah that's a thing that's happening <laughs> yep 
So yeah, that was Uncanny Avengers number one by Gary Duggan and Ryan Stegman. Lastly, we have a beautiful, beautiful book, Iscariot by S.M. Vidari. So he did uh, Iron or the War After, which we reviewed, was that a year ago? Man, no, I don't know, longer, longer than, than that. a year. But that made it into our best of the year uh, very easily. He's very talented. No, it, was, it came out before I started working, Man, so it's two like years? two or three years ago. Yeah, boy. Um, I mean, yeah, this is all him, and he does all the colors, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, most recently, he did a... Um, he did a one shot for Storyteller Witches. No, yeah, he did, he did a Storyteller Witches thing. No, but he did a um Oh, what was what's the story? What's the thing the series that I'm forgetting? Five Ghosts? Five Ghosts. Yeah, oh. he did a one shot for Five Ghosts. There you go. So yeah, um Robin, you read this. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> 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 um well, it's a very like mystical, like fun story. Um but I mean its main thing, like its main strength is just how beautiful it is and how much is just left to the mood. But um basically it is the story of this magic society and also the story of this girl who is sick and in the hospital. Yeah, so it's sort of um it starts out as this very high fantasy thing and then it switches to this very, you know, sad but also sort of commonplace um, story of a a uh, ward in, in a hospital. And it becomes this whole thing about, I don't know, the, I don't want to say the magic in everyday life, but... Uh, <laughs> But how how we are affected by that. So you find out basically why there's a specific magician whose name is Iscariot who's been visiting this ward and has befriended this girl and sort of is seeking to make her an apprentice. But um, you don't really know why he's been doing any of this. And so as that unfolds, you're also seeing just like, again, the commonplace issues of like this girl's mother dealing with medical bills and that kind of thing. And um I know uh, Shane, who wrote this, who who did this, he has said that it's like his most personal thing. And it oh, yeah. feels, yeah, it feels you get that sense for sure. And yeah, I don't want to, you know, give away what happens, but um, it's, you know, it's emotional. This is an emotional book. I got teary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is Archaea publishing this one too, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did Iron and their books always look amazing. Yeah. So it's a very nice one to put on book. the shelf together. So Yeah. That is Iscariot by S.M. Vidari. And that's it. Yep. For today. Thank um, you, Robin. Yeah. For filling in. How's Thanks it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> you should come back next week. I'll have to learn to talk more. <laughs> I get like so starstruck by you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Just close your eyes and pretend you're, <laughs> you're yelling at a podcast. <laughs> Feel better, Nick. And yep. uh, we will see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.